What's up, everything? It's a great cold day in April, and the clocks are striking 13. Actually, maybe the opening line from 1984 is a little too real for the world we live in right now. Thankfully, we've got hockey to distract us, sort of. We're going to discuss the myriad NHL playoff scenarios, the future of the NHL draft, and whether the Blues should have drafted Jonathan Taves over Eric Johnson. Spoiler alert, they shouldn't have, but we'll tell you why, so let's get started, and let's go blues yeah you are my fire the one desire believe when I say I want it that way But we are two worlds apart Can't reach to your heart When you say that I want it that way Tell me why Ain't nothing but a Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Saturday, April twenty fifth. It's in the morning, kind of, and uh, we're here. Ian, how are you doing today? I'm staying dry. I'm trying to stay dry. That's right. It's very, it's very rainy. It's very rainy. I would not say moist because I hear that's mm-hmm. a triggering word for some people. But mm-hmm. My day's ruined. <laughs> right. Day's over for me. But it's an apt descriptor of the world outside. It's cold. It's gray. It's pretty much April for you. You know, it's it's trying to get to spring, but it's not working all that hard. Uh, I wonder if my if my Animal Crossing game if it's raining right now in the game. Like I wonder if it takes into account the weather like currently outside. Does it? I it takes know. the season into account. I don't know. You know. And and last night the rain was rolling in about the time I was playing, and I could see dark clouds in that game, and I was like, mm. "Now see, that's that's impressive." I guess I feel like know. it could, right? I feel like it could. I feel like that's not that hard, right? Right. I guess they know, like that they've got the internet, right? So that's not impossible. I mean, they they know way more about me than just what the weather is like around me. That's for sure. Ooh, well, that's kind of upsetting. But <laughs> well, it's the reality we live in. That's... Animal Crossing is watching you, and you're not. It's not like you're going anywhere, so they don't even need moving GPS. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. They know where I am. Exactly. Um. So we've got a we've got some hockey topics to talk about today, and then we've got who knows what else to talk about. But would you like to start with hockey? Yeah, let's start with hockey. So last week we had plenty to talk about when it came to the Blues, and this week we have nothing. Right. <laughs> um, I, I do, mean, however, have this uh, unofficial Harry Potter cookbook here with me on the desk. So if you'd like me to read, you know, recipes from cauldron cakes to Knickerbocker glory, then uh, we can cover that. So now, can you really use those recipes? Yeah, I mean they're real, real recipes, recipes for human being food. Okay, <laughs> but uh, 
<laughs> that, that just absolutely. Uh, you like an alien? This is for human food. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but yeah, they just have silly wizard names. You know. Pumpkin mm. pasties and cauldron cakes and whatnot. When you drink a butter, what does it say buttermilk? Let's real butter, a butter beer? beer. I don't know that I would. It sounds real gross. Yeah, it sounds like diabetes in a cup. They quite talk honestly. about it being warm too, which I'm like, Ooh. I don't think I want that either. It let's drink. Let's drink a beer filled with warm butter. <laughs> It does sound very American, though. I That's gotta tell true. you. I'm surprised Wisconsin hasn't already come up with that. This is hockey adjacent, but yeah, whenever I think of um, what is that stuff? Poutine. Mm-hmm. That always sounds like like an American stumbled into Canada and made something because yeah. I'm like that doesn't seem Canadian to me at all. For sure, for sure. I would. They were talking on uh, the new Scrubs rewatch podcast, which is sensational. They had Sarah Chalk on, who I either had forgotten or never knew was Canadian, and they talked about poutine and some other Canadian-specific things. They talked about Canadian-specific phrases that I didn't even know, because, of course, she said toque in the first five minutes, because I think it's like a law in Canada that if you appear appear on something American, you have to slide in toque as quickly as possible. (laughs) Uh, But um, then they brought up some phrases. I don't remember them all right now, so I can't discuss them because I'm an ass. But uh, they uh, brought up some other phrases, and I'm like, man, Canada's even weirder than I thought. And that's you why Austin Matthews will finish his career with the Arizona Coyotes as quickly as possible. He's trying to get out of there. He's doing his best. That's right. They just, he's just too good. Uh, speaking Canada of Austin, apparently has a slang phrase called "homo milk." Hmm, that's problematic. <laughs> uh, milk with three point two five percent fat, so just whole milk. Yeah. What? Okay. So, how much fat does whole milk have? I would. I think it's closer to four fat oh, in okay. whole milk. Uh, no, it is three point two five percent fat. Really? So that's whole milk. They call whole milk homo milk. <laughs> Don't like that. Ooh. Don't like you know, that. There's a problem in hockey right now, and I think this is part of it. That's right. And parquet, that's one she brought up for sure. That's like a parking garage. Parquet? Parquet. Like arcade, but with a park at the beginning. I don't like it. I don't like Canada. And I don't like the sports they invent. Except for this one. Is it arcade fire from Canada? Maybe they were parquet fire over there. (laughs) And then they had to reinvent themselves. (laughs) We can't use that name in America. They're not going to know what the fuck we're talking about. They are from Montreal. I'm going to control F parkade. Ah, no, no. Nowhere in there. That's because they've scrubbed that part of their dark history. <laughs> Wikipedia articles can be changed. Those entries can be changed. That's true. Folks, don't believe what you read. Unless it's funny, then it's probably true. Put the so, P back in arcade fire. <laughs> that's right. So... Like you said, we had news last week. This week we don't have any actual news, but we can invent things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked. We talked at length last week about whether we thought the playoffs were going to happen, whether we didn't think the playoffs were going to happen. And I don't know about you, um, but I just feel like it's becoming more and more obvious that the NHL is going to do everything in its power to make something happen. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we could debate the uh, merits of that all day, but we don't really need to. We did that a lot last week. Um, why don't we talk instead a little bit about, and you've taken excellent notes on this, so I can let you kind of take the lead, but why don't we talk instead about <coughs> what a resumed season and or playoffs might look like? Yeah, so like you mentioned, it seems like the NHL, as time has gone by, has just come out as stronger and stronger as far as resuming the season or at least, at very least, uh, getting the playoffs off the ground and, and done at some point this year, whether it be July or August or September. And they've even talked about, hey, uh, we might even just delay the, the next season, you know, the 2021 season possibly even into starting in like January of 2021, but we can talk about that later. So with that in mind, yeah, it sounds like the playoffs at least are for sure going to happen. I'm, I'm at this point, I'm sitting at like 80% sure. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, anything can happen. It's a very fluid situation, but uh, if things keep going the way they are with this virus and everything, it sounds like they could at least get people to start practicing together um, maybe in a month or so. And then they can have, you know, some little training camps here and there. And then when it's safe and they've also sort of scouted out areas in which teams can play in, uh, they'll, want, they'll try and uh, get the playoffs off the ground. But with that in mind, uh, I'd like to say, let's get this little nugget out of the way. The regular season, as far as I'm concerned, and we've said this before, so we don't have to talk about too much, is over. Mm-hmm. The regular season is just done. Like, there's no, there's no reason to resume that other than the fact that I get that teams have not played, you know, regular have not played the same amount of games. Um, There's a way to get around that and that's point percentage. Mm -hmm. And like you've mentioned before, there's just no reason to have Detroit playing Ottawa or any of these teams risking their health just so they can say, well, you know, we played an official 82 game season, you know, it's just, it's not in their best interest. Yeah, I heard an argument on Twitter the other day well, saying, well, it's about TV contracts and number of required games, and I'm sorry, but that's tough. You know? Yeah, like, I, re- I get the... if there the... was a lockout-shortened season, they wouldn't have a full number of games. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth here, but it's kind of like you have to honor certain contracts, like, you know, contracts with players and all that stuff. Those can't really change, although they're kind of talking about modifying some of them, but at the other end... you you can do that with TV and stuff because it's just an unprecedented thing that's happening. Yeah, and you can buy off TV with, you know, future playoff games or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. or more or fewer, you know, regional games and fewer national games in future years, whatever you need to do to repay those markets like Ottawa and, and Detroit. You can figure out a way to get around that. Yeah, it's like also, you can move who's watching around. Red Wings games right now? Seriously. <laughs> I was like, I think they want... They're, I'm sure they're not happy about the situation, but I'm sure they're happy the season's over. Yeah, they're you not know? devastated, for sure. Yeah. Because even so, though they have one of the worst seasons ever, now nobody can really call them on it because, well, they missed 10 games, you know? Who knows? It could have been better, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's worst season ever with an Astros. Could have gone 8-2 and two in those last 10 games if they'd only played Montreal and Boston. <laughs> oh, that's so pathetic. <laughs> that's pathetic on three fronts. Yes. Um, but yeah, so if they do the playoffs, they, I mean, they could if they really wanted to. And I honestly, I don't put this past the NHL. Uh, they could just start the playoffs with the way the standings are now. Is that re- is that fair? No, but like the <laughs> NHL doesn't give a shit about fair. Yeah. Like honestly, I could see I I could really see them just going. That is what it is, and then just starting there. 
Um, and to be quite honest with you, and we'll go through it, it doesn't really change the playoff matchups, especially in the East, that much at all. Uh-huh. But they, you are rubbing a few teams the wrong way for sure. Yeah. There's part of me that doesn't mind that idea, though, because it's like win the games that you play. Mm-hmm. You know, like, not, and nobody needs to prepare for a global pandemic. I mean, you know, at least in the hockey world, that's not something you would necessarily build into your strategy. But, like, if you'd won more ga- eventually, what, whatever way they decide, however it comes down, the, the fact of the matter will be that if you'd won more games, you would have been in the playoffs, you know? So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter if they just cut it off at the where we are or if they do point percentage or if they do coin flips for remaining games like if you'd won more games you'd be in the playoffs i know just don't be a bad team but, but i can also see them most certainly going the point percentage route just to be a little more fair and say okay who, who's won the most of the games you know who's won more of the games that they've been allowed to play anyways and so in the central what that would look like was would be the blues in first colorado in second dallas in third this is for by point percentage that's the same as it is currently. And then you'd have Nashville in the first wildcard spot. And you'd have the Jets, uh, the Wild, and the Blackhawks all out of the playoffs. And then the Pacific, you'd have the Golden Knights, the Oilers, and the Canucks in the first, second, third. And Calgary would be your second wildcard team with Arizona, Anaheim, Los Angeles, and San Jose all missing. And so I believe St. Louis... Colorado and Dallas and first, second, third in the central is all the same point percentage wise, or if they started where the standings were today, Vegas and Edmonton and first and second Pacific, same thing. But where it gets a little interesting is how it shakes out with the lower spots. So if you do point percentage, Nashville moves from wildcard spot two to wildcard spot one. So they move up a spot. Mm. Then Winnipeg moves from wildcard spot one to out of the playoffs. Sucks to suck. Yeah, it's like, I mean, quite honestly, that makes sense. Like, Winnipeg, you're just not a good enough team to be in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, Van- once again, more games. Exactly. Vancouver moves from out of the playoffs to third in the Pacific, and Calgary moves from third in the Pacific to the second wildcard spot. So you have Nashville, Vancouver moving up, with Vancouver even moving into the playoffs. And then you have Winnipeg completely falling out, and Calgary moving from third in the Pacific to wildcard spot two. So again, that's really only that's changing Vancouver and Winnipeg's fates, like literally of who's in the playoffs and who's not. But everyone else is just like a reshuffling of the the deck chairs there. And then in the Metro, it's or in the uh, East, it's even fewer changes. So in the Metro, you'd have the Washington Capitals, you have Philadelphia, and you'd have Pittsburgh. That's all the same, whether it's point percentage or if you started today by just uh, wins or by the points you have right now. And then you'd have Carolina in the first wildcard spot, and you'd have the New York Islanders in the second wildcard spot. And then over in the Atlantic, you'd have the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Toronto Maple Leafs in first, second, third, and no one else in the Atlantic would be making the playoffs. And the only difference here is if we go by point percentage, the New York Islanders move into the playoffs, into that second wildcard spot. And if you go by where the standings are today, um, you would have... Columbus in that spot actually right now in that second wildcard spot. And so it's just a matter of Islanders Columbus really. And it only changes the, I believe that'd be who plays Boston. So with all of this in mind, we can look at the playoff matchups. 
So if you go by point percentage, like we've been looking at, it'd be St. Louis versus Calgary, Colorado versus Dallas, Vegas versus Nashville, and Edmonton versus Vancouver. And then in the east, it'd be Washington versus Carolina, Philadelphia versus Pittsburgh, Boston versus the New York Islanders, and Tampa Bay versus Toronto. Now, if we, we'll make it a St. Louis-centric podcast from St. Louis Blues podcast. So if we look at this, it'd be St. Louis versus Calgary if we go by point percentage. But if we go by the standings today, it'd be St. Louis versus Nashville. So what do you think about that? I feel like, uh, the. I mean, there's a sense in which the, the Nashville series would be more fun and would be more interesting and would be more competitive, but give me Calgary all day because I feel like we'd wipe the floor with them. I mean, mm-hmm. I know the whole the whole scenario is so weird and like starting out of the blue that who knows what the hell's going to happen. But if mm-hmm. if we're just if we had just finished a regular season and gone into the playoffs, I'd much rather play Calgary because I feel like that's I, I'm sorry any Calgary listeners who have found their way to this podcast, but that looks like almost a buy on paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was say. It's it's interesting to talk about because yeah, it just like feels like a hard reset on the season with all this time gone by and everyone getting healthy and everything. But I still think the Blues have just played Calgary way better this year mm-hmm. um, than they have Nashville. In fact, didn't we have like, I don't think it was a literal back-to-back, but it was like a home and away with a day in between where we played Nashville and I think we lost both games. And it, I just never felt comfortable against Nashville this year, despite the fact that they're a very up-and-down team uh, themselves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And so it's Colorado versus Dallas either way in the playoffs. I think that matchup is is a really interesting one. I think as much as I would say, oh, Colorado just wins that matchup because they're what I would consider the better team. I can also see Colorado sort of fading just because they're a very a very young team. Mm-hmm. And I think Dallas has a little more experience, um, a little more veteran leadership, and I mean plus we've talked ad nauseum. Joe, What's up? Plus Joe Pavelski's deflections. Oh, I mean, well, we, we, we can't talk about those because there no one talks about right. them. But well, at the same time, it's a, it's a paradox, isn't that? <laughs> it's a time-honored catch-22. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I mean, really, I could see those guys doing a lot better just because they have the veteran leadership. And mm-hmm. a lot of those players were on the team that were on the team that took the Blues in Game 7. And so they, they kind of know what it takes to get uh, as far as they need to against a really good team. So I, I think that'd be it. An yeah. outstanding first round matchup, and I think this is a this is a year where everybody, if we get to the Stanley Cup, is going to be really motivated because it's like like I just said, who knows what could happen? You know, it's really like, and I I get that we already have to say that because like Columbus swept the Lightning last year and things happen, but like this is a situation where if you win the first two games, you may have the momentum that carries you through the whole playoffs because there is no other momentum which is one of the things that scares me about playing games. Because, like, if somebody... That's already a problem in a lot of sports. and football, that happens a lot. And, you know, March Madness games and stuff. Like, if, if you have... If one team enters the tournament off the, you know, heat of a play-in game or a play-in series and the other one comes in flat-footed, a lot of times the flat-footed team loses. Now... This is a little different because it's a series rather than a single game, but it still feels like that's a, a significant advantage if they did go with playoff games or play-in mm-hmm. games, excuse me. 
despite what Joel Quinville said, I think however many years ago, uh, momentum really is the thing. Yes. And it does exist. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, your, your other matchup after that in the Pacific is Vegas versus Nashville by point percentage, or it's uh, Vegas versus Winnipeg if we go by the standings today. And really, like, Vegas versus Nashville, I think, would be a lot of fun just in terms of cities. It's mm -hmm. kind of weird to talk about because they're like, oh, man, that's a party in both cities. That's really cool. But also the party doesn't matter because no one will be there. Yeah, you can't have parties. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. Didn't Vegas and Winnipeg play in Vegas's first playoff run? Yeah, the Western Conference Final. That was the Western Conference Final they had against each other, so that'd be a fun rematch. Yeah, that'd be fun. That was one where I think Winnipeg, I want to say Winnipeg took the first game, and I was like, oh boy, and then Vegas <laughs> won like the next four, and I was like, oh no. But um, it'd be, yeah, I'd, I'd like either one of those. I think I'd like Vegas and Nashville for like the two cities competing, but again, it doesn't really matter when no one's <laughs> no one's in the stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, that I was going to say that might be to Nashville's uh, that might be the national strength just because I feel like Vegas probably feeds a lot off of their like rowdy crowd, but you know what? So does Nashville. So really that's just a weird, that'd just be a weird series, a series that would feel more silent. I feel like than any other series, um, Vegas, Winnipeg, just like, an, I think like you said, an interesting storyline because it'd be a rematch from whatever that was 2018. Yeah. And, and then you have, You've got the one that I think everyone, I know what people would pick, but you have Edmonton versus Vancouver if you go by point percentage, and then you have Edmonton versus Calgary if you go by the standings today. And I would guess most people would want Edmonton versus Calgary for the Battle of Alberta, but again... But Connor McDavid it, wouldn't. Oh, no, Connor McDavid wants to play his final 10 games. Boy, does he. Maybe, I mean... Maybe he's just that one step ahead, Steve, and he's thinking about the fact that he wants to play those games to gain that momentum. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe he wants to play Elias Pettersson because he's a little bitch and he doesn't <laughs> want to see Matthew Kachuk ever again. I would love Elias Pettersson. Like, I don't have nothing against um, Connor McDavid, but I'd love Elias Pettersson to just like light the Edmonton players <laughs> up and it's like, oh, I guess he's the better player. Yeah, that would be amazing, honestly. <laughs> But again, it's weird because you do, um, I think any of these series would be fun, but it's so weird to talk about these because I just think of like the electricity in the building when it comes to these series and there will be none. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It, it'll be eerie and it'll be fun to some extent. And then mm -hmm. by the time the playoffs are over, you'll be like, yeah, I'm glad this is done. <laughs> you know? I, I think so. Know. I really do. I, who knows if when they start the next season, whenever that is, if they'll be able to have crowds again or if they'll have, you know, mitigated socially distanced crowds. Who knows what that looks like yet. But, <laughs> um, that'd be almost weirder to me as if they had like a crowd of 5,000 and they were all two seats or more apart. And you can't touch each other. So yeah. you have to stand up and cheer, but you can't like interact with the oh, other no, person. You can't high five for sure. And you can't even spin around and talk into the face of the guy behind you. So yeah, it looks like you like, it looks like you're all, um, like, yeah, you're all just sort of like physically zoomed in. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be surreal, but I mean it's you know they're they're trying to get the revenue from TV as much as possible, and I don't you know I think we talked about it last week. I don't necessarily blame them for mm -hmm. wanting that because at the end of the day they are still a business, and they're a business like so many other businesses 
this, you know, during this period that was forced to close its doors with no warning and no contingency plan and really no idea what or when, you know, this would end or what the world would look like when it does. So I can't really, you know, I, I'm not going to hold anything against them for trying to to get the playoffs restarted and, and recoup what they can as long as they go about it in as safe a way as possible and take advice from you know, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks and the other national experts and, and try to do this in as safe a way as possible. I don't really think it's it's the worst idea. I just there's there's a simplicity to me of, of just saying, Hey, it's over, this isn't happening, let's cancel it. You know, mm-hmm. but I do understand their desire not not to go that route, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, we'll get to we'll get to their crazy desires in a bit because <laughs> this, these ones desires. make sense, but some of the other ones are a bit too far. Uh-huh. Um, those are all the playoff matchups in the West. So in the East, a lot of them, like we said, are untouched. You have Washington versus Carolina, a rematch from what was that? Just last year yep. in 2019. I wonder how uh, that will go when Washington cares again. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a team just kind of like eh, a game seven before in my life. Especially one that went to overtime. Like yeah. they would they could have won it with a single goal, and they were like, "Eh, no." Nah. You take it. Yes. I don't want to do this shit again. They paid us to take. It. I'll be honest. Um, I think to talking about it like that, I wonder if this break. I mean, this break helps a lot of people. Everyone gets healthy and everything. But I wonder if this helps the Blues a lot because. As much as I feel like this team really did want to repeat, there's just a toll. And I think maybe at a certain point, even you do get in that playoff series, you know, you play like Washington played Carolina last year and you get to game seven and you get to overtime and you are just kind of like, man, I really thought I wanted to do this again. And like, obviously I'm sure they do, but you're kind of like, I don't know if my, my heart's as completely in it as it used to be because I'm just tired, mm. you know? And it's like, I wonder if this break makes them think, oh man, now we can just start in the playoffs. Yeah. And I have that much more energy. I have that much more focus. Yeah, I really do want to do this thing because not only is hockey back and I'm excited, but it's the playoffs too. So it's not like this this drain of like, oh no, now this again. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and this is true for everybody, but you've mm-hmm. got like Tarasenko will be back and there won't even be the question of like, are we rushing him back? Is it too soon? You know, like he would have been back by now in the real world if mm-hmm. nothing had changed. So you add another month, two, three to that, you know, it's he's going to be 100% for sure. And and it'll be, you know, even that should be a charge to the locker room, which is true of everybody. It's true of the Avalanche. I know they had a lot of injuries when, when the, you know, when the pause happened. It <laughs> seems like the Thanos snap when the pause yeah. happened. Uh, but yeah, it'll, it's it's there's no there's no denying it would be the most unique playoffs we've ever seen. However, it happens. Um, mm-hmm. Is it going to be a little asterisky? Yes. Are people going to care if, like, let's just say theoretically the Maple Leafs win their first cup, which they won't? But if they did. Uh, are people going to care? No. You know, like, I mean, not not in Toronto. Everyone else will care and remind them endlessly. But I don't think, you know, Steve Dangle's going to give a damn. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it'll be it'll be weird. I, I'm glad that we've said this before. I'm glad the Blues won their first cup last year or, you know, any year prior to this. Mm-hmm. Because if it was this year, I would just feel I would 
are you, you know, tooth and nail, this was the same as any other cup, but you would just always have people arguing against you. And I'm just glad that that doesn't happen. So if they win it this year again, I can be like, eh, it's two cups. And if you want to say it's not, at least it's one cup and I don't care. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, that's the one that matters. They this is how we go back to back and I'm fine with it and I'll consider it two cups. But I also won't like get into passionate arguments with anyone about mm-hmm. how it's one cup. I mean, the reality is... There will be 30 teams that think it's a bullshit cup, and there will mm-hmm. be one team, and that will be the team that wins it, that thinks it's totally legitimate. <laughs> we will just... change our logo. We will put a, a mask over the cup. <laughs> That's right. That's just Over how... the second cup peeking out from behind the first cup. <laughs> That's just how the sports world works. And then Seattle will come in, and they'll think it's a bullshit cup. So... <laughs> Last year's cup was bullshit. <laughs> I wasn't in the league. Sounds very WWE. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the next matchup you'd have would be Philadelphia versus Pittsburgh again. Uh, a great, a great electric matchup. A lot of fun. I'm sure it'd still be physical. Just nobody there. But uh, when did they last play? 2012, 2013, something like that. And it was like an absolute, like it was a clown show. I mean, it was a great clown show, but it was just like mm-hmm. no hockey was played. Yeah. Somehow, someone won enough games to get out of that series. <laughs> yeah. Didn't it was Philadelphia won one recently when they played, but I don't think it was them that time. Yeah, I don't think it was them that time. Um, I can't even remember. I can remember a lot of first round series from previous years, you know, four or five years ago. But once you get past like the first round, I'm like, oh, I don't even remember who they played and who they lost to, you know, except for obviously like the cup winner. But yeah, that'd be a fun one. Boston versus the New York Islanders or versus Columbus. Um, quite honestly, either one of those teams, just a snoozer. Um, yeah. like Boston's just going to run over the New York Islanders. It'd be fun against Columbus to get a rematch of the second round last year, but I just I just don't care about that series, either of those series, no matter who Boston plays. Mm-hmm. And then Tampa Bay versus Toronto. Tampa Bay moves on to the second round. Yep. I, I have so little doubt in my mind of that. How, like, I know, pause aside, how would you feel comfortable if you're Toronto playing a team that got swept last year that, I mean, deserved to be swept because they weren't prepared and Columbus was the better team across those four games. But, you know, by all metrics up to that point, Tampa was the better team hands down. They got swept. They were embarrassed. They had started out the season real crappy. They came together and playing amazing hockey. And you're Toronto, and you think you're going to beat that now? You think you're going to beat this I team that like says no to losing yeah. the playoffs from now on? Even beyond that, though, just the comparisons between those two teams is more than like, like you look at how they've fared against Boston, and those have all been razor thin series. As much as we want to give them crap for it, but like mm-hmm. Toronto's whole thing is speed and athleticism and the big four and the and the offense. They don't have any defense, and their goaltending is, as usual, really good, but it's been crappy this year. Well, t- Tampa can go man for man with you offensively. You know, Matthews, Nylander, Nylander, sorry, uh, Tavares and Varner aren't any better than Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, and, you know, whoever else, not to mention all the depth that uh, that Tampa has and then Tampa is obviously better defensively just Hedman alone makes that true but not you know they've got other good defensive options um, mm-hmm. do they have Victor Hedman Ryan McDonough Kevin Shattenkirk on that team that's they do. that's so whack doesn't that like imagine someone told you that was a team in 2016 
Like first, okay, so they have no other players then. Yeah. That's a Although they still have everyone. Defense. Remember when they had to trade Tyler Johnson? Remember that when that was like a, a like over a hundred percent given. Yeah. It was like not going to be on the team anymore, it's, and somehow he's still on the still, team. I don't understand. For it. sure, still there. Uh, and then so you know, Vasilevsky was better than Anderson on a good year, and Anderson's had a really rough year. So it's like I just don't. You know, you you can make the argument to me a, a lot of teams about how against a lot of teams that they can't handle the Maple Leafs top four and that the Maple Leafs have a real shot of just overpowering them offensively. I just don't see that with the with the Lightning. I think that's about the nightmare matchup for the Maple Leafs as much as they probably would are thinking, hey, at least it's not Boston. I just think this ends so much worse for them. <laughs> and then pump St. Louis's tires. They got Pat Maroon over there in Tampa Bay, too. He's that's got right. playoff experience, baby. That's right. Can't, He's a hometown hero. You can't buy that, except that the Maple or the Lightning would really did buy that. But you can't buy <laughs> that. You could, and you should. And but Stephen, could you could you perhaps buy a place into the playoffs? Uh, you should be allowed to. That should that really should be how they do it. The yeah. teams that won into the playoffs should pay into the salary cap for next season. Really um, prop up the league. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> maybe Detroit. Detroit's got a lot of money. For uh, basement dwelling team, they should pay their way into the playoffs. Yeah. You can buy a little super money. You can buy a, a win, a, a point or two points, for fifty thousand dollars per team in salary cap space. So, <laughs> so if you want to buy your way to a hundred points or whatever, and you're Detroit with forty, that's just fifty thousand times thirty times however many points you need, sixty. <laughs> So, you know, no problem. No problem. This, is, uh, this has been the NHL brought to you by EA Games. That's right. <laughs> yes. Dear uh, Blizzard, <laughs> please fix your pay-to-play system. Uh, I love it. Uh, is that the end of the matchups in the East? That is. In, but In the sane version of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go ahead. I was like, but is it really? Because what about play-ins? Uh, I'm going to say this right off the bat. There should be zero play-ins. It, be we've, we've already talked about how uh, it's this whole thing is just unfair the way that it's ended and the way the pause has been. And it's unfair that they would do a playoff seeding by just who, uh, you know, what the standings are today. And it's unfair if you're going to do it by point percentage too, in a way, because it's like, well, you know, poor Winnipeg is like, I won the games. I was allowed to win. I'm in the playoffs. This is just where we ended. Like, sorry, but you didn't play as many games and get that chance to win that other game. So you're out due to point percentage. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to suck either way for some teams. So with that in mind, they're trying to be more fair and say, what about plans for those teams that are, you know, just on the cusp and aren't going to make it because really it's, you know, they're so close and in the NHL, everyone's so close uh, together due to points and everything. And, you know, you, you can't say this team's really better than that team. I mean, except for the fact that you can, because one team has more points, but you know, (laughs) I still hear people saying, Oh, well, you know, Nashville's not really that much better than Minnesota. And it's like, you're right. They aren't really that much better, but we are acknowledging they are better by points. And so they make it and Minnesota doesn't. Chris Johnson made that argument. We talked about it last week and it's like, why why are you drawing the line even at 16 teams? And it's like, cause that's where the line is. And there's gotta be a line. (laughs) 
or the or the regular season doesn't mean anything. Like leave alone that more than half is a ridiculous amount of teams to let into your playoffs. Now people want to increase it to 20 and the argument is, well where's the line? The line is that the bottom 15 teams in the league aren't good teams. They're just in a league that stimulates artificial parity. And mm-hmm. so they seem like they're good because, you know, every NHL game is reasonably close just in general. And that, you know, there's, like I said, artificial parity. So it's like, okay, well, they lost, you know, 50 games, but 20 of them were in overtime. So really they half won those games, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, I'm sorry, that, that oh. whole argument is frustrating to me. Oh, there's a particular team that the screws over, actually. But yeah, it's... It's crazy, too, because the argument, and I think Chris Johnson even said both of these things on the Dangle podcast. He was like, you know, um, you know, why do they draw the line at 16 teams? It should be like 20 teams, or, you know, it shouldn't it should be more than half the league that gets in, which just saying that out loud should make you smack yourself and realize that's stupid. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then at the same time, they argue, oh, but we also want um, the 1-8 one, one to eight or 1-16 to 16 playoff format again, which I'm fine with. I'm cool with. I'd like us to go back to the 1-8, through eight, you know. Uh, you know, you just play. There's no – it's not based on um, divisions. It's just based on conference and everything. That'd be great. But these people argue for that when they're expanding the playoffs too. So really you want Boston to play, I don't know, what is it, Montreal or Florida? You know, teams that are just – or, I mean, yeah, to be quite honest, they're just bad teams and they're just going to get run over. And you're like, well, see, that was fun. I'm like, no, that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, just... If you're going to argue from a monetary standpoint, like, okay, more playoffs, more TV, more people coming in and everything, gotcha. Like, at least you can show me the numbers and I get like how that's helping the league in that way, at least. Um, but when it comes to like, it means anyone can win. It's like, no boss, the number one team is going to steamroll number 20, like every time mm-hmm. or, or 99 times out of a hundred. But what about that one time? Like, I don't care. It's not worth it for that one time. Um, but with all that in mind, there has been a lot of talk about, uh, plans and the fact that some of these teams are bunched together due to points. And really, you know, it's unfair that one team played. 78 games or 68 games another team played 70 how about we have them play in so as much as i say there shouldn't be plans if there have to be plans they should work like this the two best teams by point percentage in each conference that did not make the playoffs are the teams that get a chance to play in wild card uh team one plays the play-in team with the lowest point percentage and then wild card team play team two would play the team the playing team with the highest point percentage. So kind of like you're, you're seeding them one through four, one place four, two place three. Uh, the play-ins are a best of three, and the winning team gets the wild card spot they already inhabited or the one that, of the team that they just beat in the series. So by point percentage, we had uh, Nashville as the first wild card team in the West and Calgary as the second wild card team. And the two teams that were sitting outside the playoff picture were Minnesota and Winnipeg. So Nashville would play Minnesota and Calgary would play Winnipeg. And then in the East, we had Carolina and the Islanders as of the two wildcard teams, one and two. So Carolina would play Florida, and the Islanders would play Columbus. And Can I uh, interrupt real quick? Yeah, go ahead. This bothers me because Minnesota already doesn't deserve a shot at the playoffs. I know. That's what I mean. I mean that's the thing. You're like, you were already 
not close enough. You know yeah. what I mean? They had to massively overperform expectations this year to still miss the playoffs. You know, and again, we don't have the end of the season. I get that it's weird, but like they had to massively overperform expectations and then fire a coach for no reason to still not be in the playoff picture with whatever 10 games left or wherever we're at. It's just frustrating. Sorry. Please no, go ahead. And no, and to, and to kind of rebuke Chris Johnson's point that he made too, he was like, you know, He's like, we need to make the regular season matter. And they talk about on the Daniel podcast all the time. Like, regular season needs to matter. And like, because they're arguing against the um, the division centric playoff format that's that we're using right now. You know, they don't Which want the number two team playing the third team. They get raped you know. by it every year. What's up? Which they have to argue for because they get raped by it every year. Yeah, yeah. Which I, again, I kind of understand. Maybe I'd be against it too in their like situation, but it's like, yeah, they hate that it's like these the second best team in in the you know Atlantic has to play the third best team when really the second best team should be playing a crappy team or a crappier team in the playoffs. And so I get that. But if you want to make the if you want to make the regular season matter, then you have to draw a line again, like we said, and cut off teams that just aren't good enough. And what's weird to me is that they're we're naming mediocrity as good enough. They're like, this team was about five hundred, so shouldn't they make it? I'm like, no, not at all. Absolutely not. <laughs> shouldn't wins matter? Yeah, exactly. And also not Batman five hundred either. Like, you know, it's just I yeah. I could yeah. go for hours just ranting about that, but Oh, it's ridiculous. But Nashville versus Minnesota, Calgary, Winnipeg. Those <laughs> seem like neither one would be very good games on paper. Or what do you think this would be a one game or a three game? Um, I would I would think it'd be a three game. Yeah. Just because of the way, I mean, I can't imagine the NHL doing a one gamer, although I go for it. Because A, I think that takes a little bit out of the whole... Um, thing we were talking about where a team could gain momentum so i mean it's only two games versus one game but hey i think it matters you just won one game that's not enough of a momentum you know pull um and then i don't know i'm it's really weird that i'm want the playoffs so bad but i'm just not compelled by these at all i'm like nashville versus minnesota don't care calgary versus winnipeg don't care because honestly um if nashville is being replaced who who would i say they were even playing was it it's uh vegas by point percentage, like Vegas just runs over Minnesota. Yeah. And then Calgary versus Winnipeg. And that is us. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe Winnipeg gives us a little bit of a harder time just because I feel like no. they play us hard, but no I just don't really care. We would steamroll the Jets this year. That's true. I, I, I do forget that they have no defense. Yeah. That we would, I just, I feel like, I felt like we'd destroy the Flames, but now that you say the alternative is. Winnipeg, I feel like, you know, I mean, it, there's always the chance with Winnipeg, at least, that Hellebuck just goes Jonathan Quick mode and mm -hmm. we're just far better team and, and lose in six games because he's, you know, a god. But other than that, I really think that's their only chance. I don't mm -hmm. think there's any way in which they just outplay us as a team. I can see that. I mean, yeah, it's the, I, the Winnipeg Jets used to scare me, I think, just because of maybe that run they had um, to the Western Conference Final. I was like, wow, that's a really good team. And I kind of forget how much they've been dismantled over the last yeah. couple of years. Do you remember when we used to have to talk cautiously about the Blues? I still should, but, like, I would never have said something like that last year. No, no. I would, even if I felt like it was true, I would never have said, no, the Blues will just dismantle the Jets. Um, 
but which actually, if I recall correctly, last year I legitimately did believe the Jets were one of our toughest matchups going into the playoffs. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean Dustin Bufflin is a big difference, and their defense is is a shell of its former self without Truba and him and uh, Tyler Myers. Right? Mm-hmm. They lost all three, so yeah, that's a very different team. Man, your whole right side just goes bye bye. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow! And then you've got in the East, you have Carolina versus Florida, which I think would just fun. be fun because I actually kind of like both teams. Uh-huh. Um, and then Islanders versus Columbus, snooze oh, fest. God, that'd be dull. I just don't care. I mean, go Columbus, but snooze. Yeah. Um, and all the other teams that barely missed the playoffs, I say tough luck. We let in an extra two teams from each conference, and you still couldn't crack the playoffs. You don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, playing teams really deserve to be there anyways. And then I will say this, though, because I look this up, and I feel I do feel bad. Uh, I think if this pause hurt anyone in terms of their playoff dream, hopes and dreams the most, it's the New York Rangers. So the New York Rangers have 37 wins right now. Mm-hmm. where the New York Islanders only have 35 and Columbus only have 33. And yet in both scenarios where if we start the playoffs today with our standings or we started with point percentage, either the Islanders or Columbus still get in and the Rangers do not. <laughs> uh, and this is because both the Islanders and especially, I mean, Islanders and especially Columbus have won so, or have won, I guess they didn't win anything. They lost so many OT games. Mm-hmm. They have an insane amount of like OT points banked. I think Columbus is like 15 it's ridiculous. Um, Columbus has 15, yes, and the Islanders have 10, and the Rangers only have five. And the Rangers have 37 wins. <laughs> they've got more wins. They've literally, they've literally won more games. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they're behind those two teams in both le- scenarios. There's legitimately a part of me where I think the fairest thing is just shuffle, reshuffle it by wins and have. You know, have the team with the most wins right now get the advantage, and then, you know, where you can break ties with point percentage or whatever, but that's not going to happen. God, um, it makes me hate point percentage even more. Just it's like, the, whole, the whole loser point is, uh, you know, we've, we've gone on that rant before, but it's just, you know, at times like these, it really pays to remember that the NHL is a sham league for week weekly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that would be that be the overall look of the the playoffs moving forward. Again, I think it's it's one of those two scenarios: either they start with where the standings are now, or they shuffle around with point percentage. Because, like we said, they're not going to go. I doubt they go by wins, um, and I really doubt that they resume the season and have let them play out over many games. Yeah, um, I just don't think it's feasible. I don't get that. I don't get even the discussion about doing that. It's just. You know, I mean, even if even if you're given a, a pretty legitimate all clear from medical professionals, I would just think you'd want to do it as quickly and cleanly and you know minimalistically as possible. Um, and yeah, it just seems like you should do it. You know, <laughs> you should do it and get it done. Mm-hmm. Um. So if if the playoffs are delayed. Mm-hmm. substantially uh, hell with as tight a window as they already had we're prob- probably already in a scenario where the draft I mean the draft's been cancelled in terms of a live draft in Montreal I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. but um, that would have been late June right there's usually what like a two week window and maybe not even a full two weeks 
between the end of the playoffs and the end of then the draft. And given the fact that uh, the playoffs would be, we'd probably be starting round two pretty soon, Mm -hmm. uh, right around now. uh, That's the two week window that you would have needed. So uh, safe to say that the draft isn't going to happen probably on June, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's going to happen with it? So Elliot Friedman wrote about this and they talked about it on the 31 Thoughts podcast about what the NHL is planning to do at the draft. And so he said, he wrote in his, his article you can find on sportsnet.ca, he said one of the more interesting things about Gary Bettman's conversation with Ron McLean on Wednesday night was the commissioner referring to the possibility of a June draft as a trial balloon. <laughs> Great, good stuff. They didn't sound, it didn't sound like a guarantee, but several NHL general managers have resigned themselves to this happening. Even if they're not thrilled, one in particular made his feelings quite clear. Stephen, who do you think that was? Let's just take a random guess. Who? What GM do you think hates that the draft could still be in June? Um, Ken Holland. That's who I'm going with. Is he technically a GM anymore, though, or is he a president now? I think he's the GM. Then I'm gonna say Ken Holland. Who's the Who's the GM for the Boston Bruins? Oh, um, uh, Don Sweeney. Is that it? Or is that? Yeah, the I, bet, I bet he, I bet he like freaked out. Yeah, probably. Is he the one that throws a water bottle and yep. some steam with yep. the blues? Yeah, that's him. How can you have a June draft if you don't know the standings? So that, that's an interesting thing. I was trying to read through this kind of quickly and it doesn't sound like I'm, he acknowledged this at all. This is the weirdest thing. I've <laughs> listened to this podcast and I have listened to Gary Bettman talk about this and maybe I'm I could just be missing something because I feel like I'm going loopy at home and everything but like I don't think they've mentioned like anything about like oh yeah this is, it'll be weird right because the standings aren't set so here's how we'll do that that seems like they're just talking about the draft randomly I'm like doesn't aren't the standings have to be set somehow how can you do this before you know i'm guessing that would mean they would just set them as they are and be like this is where they are and where you are standing um in the standings right now is what matters and it's not where you get kicked out in the playoffs when we do the playoffs it's just like right now uh boston gets you know the 31st pick even though they you know did or didn't win the cup because they won the president's trophy you know what i mean I, that's the only way i could see them doing it yeah. Uh, so yeah, he said that the they know the end result if Batman sports an idea that early betting line is the early betting line is June fifth. Oh my goodness, we're learning so many things. Uh, Elliot said he's going under the assumption that if it does occur, points percentage will be used to figure out the lottery odds. And then he said there's some other ideas like adding adding one to three extra rounds. The first round held on a separate day takes the longest, but teams whip through two to seven like. Uh, some guy in Canada, I don't Kyle, even know his Kyle name. Bukowskis, who I believe is, that, is maybe a is Toronto Raptor. Boo, I don't know anything. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers GM uh, Kevin Colbert proposed extending the NFL draft by three rounds, a sentiment that was ignored. Oh, no, <laughs> I he's, thought it made... he's a young uh, TSN reporter, sports. Oh, okay. Reporter. Look, we don't get that. Sorry, up Kyle, I don't care. Yeah, so I don't quite understand why extending it. An extra couple rounds makes any sense? Do you understand that? Nope, not at all. I don't know how that helps anything. Uh, Create a virtual combine. I feel like they're already going to have to do that. Like, 
you know, oh, people team, are just going to send in things. He says, because teams will have less information than normal, why not give them wiggle room? Well, that's not how you give them wiggle room, though. It's all, you like, know how you give them wiggle room? Don't have the draft before the season ends. Yeah, it's already <laughs> a crapshoot anyways, is it not? You know what I mean? What else do you need to know about also, your first if round? if you're going to have a draft in early June, shouldn't teams know now? Yeah. Like, even if you don't get to do more scouting, you want to do preparing and you want to have your conversations. And also, the draft is when trades happen. The draft is when, like, the majority of trades happen. So what if... I don't... Oof, I don't get this at all. I don't <laughs> this, this is really weird. Uh, they said also they should make teams agree on conditions or defer the terms for another year, depend like, on contracts so like vancouver knows that it owes a first rounder new jersey this season or next the canucks also owe los angeles a fourth if they re-sign tyler to foley if washington wins the stanley cup this season the 2021 third rounder they sent to san jose moves to 2020 the islanders owe ottawa a third rounder if they win at all the last two are easy to defer unless the canucks re-sign to foley before the draft you can defer that one as well as for the first rounder see if vancouver and the devils agree on what to do with this year's choice. Maybe the Canucks want to give it up and New Jersey agrees. Maybe the Canucks want to give the Devils their 2021 pick and the Devil agrees. End of story. But they're right that this does have a little a little bit of a effect on some of these like conditional draft picks or deferring draft picks or top 10 protected and things like that. And then there's the lottery. So Elliot said, during my weekly appearance on the Instigators radio show in Buffalo, co-host Andrew Peters not related, suggested doing the lottery <laughs> and the draft at the same time. Basically announce who has the pick and then tell them to go, which I love. That would be terrific. Yeah, that would be insane. I, mean, I want to put them on a clock. I want to put them on a 30-second clock. I want to be like, yes, you have the first round. I hope you there's 30 seconds. Hope you're ready. Better start, talking. Better start sending that kid up to say something. You're I not, guess they're not doing it live. Better give the mic to your child. You're not talking, you're walking. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You give the mic to like you know the GM, assistant GM's cousin, the son, and oh, you have like a spreadsheet open, but you haven't like scrolled all the way up like you meant to, mm-hmm. and then he just says a name on the on on the screen, and that's the pick. You're like, oh no, the guy that was projected to go 92nd is first now. <laughs> well, because little Jimmy, I didn't know how to scroll up. Little Jimmy can't pronounce Alexi Lafreniere, so. Lexi Lafreniere. Oh, that is a player. That is a real player. <laughs> Projected to go undrafted. Now you have him. Uh, that would be hilarious. Oh, man. I don't. I, uh, this needs to not happen. That's the long and short of it. This is and then idea. the moderately crazy trade idea uh, that Elliot now has. He says the pre-playoff second. draft limits trades because playoff contending clubs won't want to weaken themselves. One interesting idea was suggested. Let me just introduce it by saying I don't think there's any chance we'll have it. I figured I'd throw it out there. Let's just say a team wants to move up, and in theory, if the draft is held in normal circumstances, you could trade a player for the opportunity to do so. The teams involved in the league could work out a trade to be finalized after both clubs are finished in the 2019-20 uh, season. It would be privately filed with the league. The only way for it, the only way for it to be rescinded is injury. Yeah, I don't like that either. Then it can't be rescinded because you're getting yeah. the draft pick. It can't be rescinded at all. You can't. Yeah, so the Jeff Merrick, who 
I like, but I think sometimes has like crazy wacky ideas, Jeff and I Merrick think he believes them too strongly. Jeff Merrick is a bad person. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. but I agree with him on this one. Elliot was the one proposing all this shit, and Jeff was like, "So the problem is doing it in June, yes?" And he's like, "Well, yes. If we do it in June, there's a lot of these different things we have taken consideration." So Jeff was like, "So don't do it in June." <laughs> Go, Jeff. I'm glad. He was like, "We'll do it in August," and and then Elliot who. I like Elliot, but sometimes it's just a mouthpiece, I feel like, for this league. is like, yes, but the league would really like to do it in June. And I was like, okay, well, the league's stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, if, if they force through a draft in June, that's the dumbest thing I can conceive of them doing. I yeah, I was like, they want to do it, I think he said, basically because nothing will be going on in June, and they're seeing all the all the press the NFL is getting for their draft, and they want to capitalize on that. The, the NFL already gets press for their draft, because they're yeah, the NFL, exactly. and it's the NFL draft. That's got, think, like, minimal, yeah. minimally nothing to do with the... with COVID-19. You know, like, yes, it's the only real life sports thing that's happening. But if this was regular and the NHL playoffs were going on, the NFL draft would still be the biggest sports event of the weekend. You know, so it's like, ah, that. I think the biggest mistake the NHL makes consistently is thinking that because they are a professional sports league, they are somehow like the same. Yes. They're like, oh, we are we are like the NFL. We are like the NBA. I'm like, yes, you are a professional sports team and or a professional sports league, and that is it. That's where like, the comparison ends. You know? Yeah, like you you were never going to be covered that heavily. Like, it's yeah, and especially because they're like, well, we need to capitalize on on that window. You're going to be doing it on June 5th. That's like a month after. No one cares. Like, if you're going to capitalize on it, do it like a week after. Hey, here's more draft coverage, you know? But, like, that still doesn't matter either. So, yeah, I don't quite understand why it has to happen in June. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, and I don't like it. And thus the NHL will do it. That's probably true, yes. Yes. So we can move on to a, a more blues-centric topic the last time I've written down here, as far as, as hockey goes, um, on the interwebs this week, uh, some of you probably would have seen that uh, Blues athletic reporter Jeremy Rutherford and Blackhawks athletic reporter Mark Lazarus published an article together entitled, What if the Blues had drafted Jonathan Taves number one overall in 2006? And uh, even just reading that article or reading the title of that article just made my head hurt because I already knew this was going to be filled with comments about how, yes, the Blues should have drafted Jonathan Taves, and how could we have drafted Eric Johnson? That seems ridiculous. What were the Blues thinking? Um, An article, yes, again, led many Blues fans online down a sad path into the Blues past with them trying to rewrite their own history with claims of I would have taken Tapes first overall, which, quite honestly, is preposterous. You're fucking lying. You're fucking lying. Ian, there's a... (laughs) You've written down a lot, and I just want to yell. So Go please, I just let's just use the NFL draft as a comparison right now. There's going to be, what, probably 15 quarterbacks, 20 quarterbacks taken throughout the NFL draft this year. There is a, just, if you're going to take the field over Joe Burrow, who went number one overall, as to who is likely to have a better career... If you're just placing a bet, you'd place a bet on the field. 
Because any <laughs> one of those guys could be Tom Brady or whoever, you know? Or, you know, even if it's Tua who went fifth or sixth, who just ends up being better, yeah, that could happen. No one in their right mind would have taken any quarterback at number one overall over Joe Burrow, who just won the Heisman Trophy. And to to act, you know, to go, if we go 10 years from now and somebody says, well, really, you know, um, the guy Love, who the the uh, Packers took in, at 26, really became the star of that draft. You know, what if the, what if the Bengals had drafted him first overall? Well, they would never have done that, you know. <laughs> and on top of everything else, and I'm sorry, I will, I will, I will calm down and give it back to you. But on top of everything else, the love is getting drafted to the Packers, who have Aaron Rodgers, who might be willing to mentor him or might be pissed off, you know. But he's certainly not being thrust into the middle of of game action, and he's going to be sheltered. And, and Joe Burrow is going to be expect to be the star from day one. And you never know how those kinds of changes affect a player's trajectory. It's just a not. It really is, you know. The that first round of the draft happened on April twenty third, and by April 24th, it was ridiculous to analyze whether anything should have changed to me, you know, because you just don't know. You just don't know. I don't, I don't know. Sorry. Please go ahead. But Johnson makes me no, angry. I mean, this is a subject I'm passionate about. It makes me No, angry. but I mean, that's pretty much the point. Is like, I think the consensus at the time, there's only 30 teams at the time. I think they said 29 of those 30 teams in some poll that I forget who they said. Some some GM said maybe it was um, – I guess Armstrong wasn't the GM. Plo uh, saw at the time was like 29 out of 30 GMs were taking Eric Johnson as you know the consensus first round pick that year. And there's one one GM that wasn't, and supposedly like it might have been Dale Talon with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks who said that he was just in love with Jonathan Taves and was going to pick him no matter what. And so like okay, cool, interesting, but like that's one GM out of the 29. Like Eric Johnson uh, was a big part of like the U.S. development team. Then he played one year with Minnesota uh, up in Minneapolis. And then the Blues drafted him right after that. And he came in and played the next year immediately. And I forget, had 30-something points he had. Let me see. He had 33 points in 69 games. Like, pretty decent rookie year. And then we all know that in the summer, in between that and the 08-09 uh, season, he had the golf cart accident and tore his ACL and didn't play at all that year. And then next year he came back, played 79 games in 0-9-10, 39 points, and the next year we traded him. And I would even say that, you know, even though it looks like a little black mark because we traded this guy that was the first overall pick and everything, and so really did it work out all that well when we had to trade away our first overall pick, you would think, you know, that doesn't happen very often, if at all. But at the same time, I would say, I don't know if we do that if we don't have Alex Petrangelo drafted in 2008. Mm. Like, I think Eric Johnson was doing fine. He wasn't living up to, you know, expectations necessarily, but I think he was doing just fine here. And it just so happened that, hey, we had a guy that was already looking much better than him that we drafted uh, two years after him. And it made Eric Johnson expendable. So does that make Eric Johnson better than Jonathan Taves? No. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think the trade, I see a lot of people like, well, we traded him, so he's obviously not as good. And it's like, yeah, but also we traded him, and then he was on, he's on Colorado, and he's been on Colorado the whole time. This... He could have bounced around, but he's like a staple back there for their team. Is he, 
you know, I don't think you, I mean, I know for sure he's not Alex Petrangelo. He's, you know, totaling 30 points, 20 points in the season, but he's turned into a great stay-at-home defenseman, a great maybe even two-way defenseman for them. Um, I just don't see him as, like, is he a, a bust as far as, like, a first-round pick goes? I guess. But is he, like, a bust of a player? No, like, not by any means. Not even in, a, like, the first round is what I'd say. You know, I think he's still a great first-rounder. Is he the best first overall? No, but he's, like, a great first-rounder still. Yeah, I just, uh, I have so many problems with this whole discussion. And obviously, let me say this, just to get this out of the way, because then I, you know, won't hear stupid stuff. But, like, obviously I would rather have had Jonathan Taves on this team. Yes, I was like, I'll get that out of the way, The relative careers that they've had. Um, You know, again, as I said with the Joe Burrow thing, no guarantee at all that, uh, that he has the same career here. And in fact, in a minute, I'm going to argue that he certainly doesn't. But, um, you know, uh, I would rather have the three cups. I'd rather have the player that Taves has become without the three cups. So that's that's almost a kind of, you know, non... I don't know. It's a tangential point because that's not really the spirit of the debate. And I think a lot of people think it is the Mm -hmm. spirit of the debate. But here's what I want to say. I think Eric Johnson to this day is criminally underrated in this league. And I think Jonathan Taves is criminally overrated in this league. Eric Johnson is a guy who is going to probably retire with a thousand games played and 400 points as a stay-at-home defenseman. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer, but that's a damn good career. And yeah, it sucks that he's the first overall pick, but also Jonathan Taves would suck as a first overall pick. Because when you get first overall picks, you're hoping for Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or Alex Ovechkin, not Jonathan Taves. Don't hit me with that bullshit, please. Because Jonathan Taves is 1.2 times as good as David Backus. That's who he is. People treat him like he's Sidney Crosby light, and he's not. He was given a spot on the 100 greatest players when Evgeny Malcolm was not? That's an absolute joke. He's averaged 63 points per season in his career, which isn't bad, but it's not a superstar. And people talk about the the, the forwards on Chicago like it's Taves and Kane, like they're, like they're one and the same, like they're in lockstep. They're equally as good. And it is Patrick Kane, and then it is 100 feet of mediocrity dirt and then it's Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> and it's, I'm sorry and I don't like Patrick Kane he's a much worse human being but he's so much better as a hockey player so much better it's not even it's not even comparable how much better he is you know and like mm-hmm. and so and I'm not sure I wouldn't even take Duncan Keith or uh, Brett Seabrook over Jonathan Taves and the, you know, the careers they've had. But like, and it's not really, I'm not really trying to shit on Jonathan Taves. He's going to be a Hall of Famer because of, you know, the the Stanley Cups he's won. And he won, to his credit, uh, Con Smythe and a Selkie Trophy. And, you know, he's had a very good career. But this is a guy that's had... 815 points in 943 games and people talk about him like he is a point per game offensive threat you know and like he's a leader in the mold of Mark Messier which 
I don't think that he is, although Mark Messier thought that he was because he won the Mark Messier leadership <laughs> award. Mark Messier gets to pick that. I love he just it. gets to pick. Uh, but I just, I, it drives me crazy when, you know, I think in general, and this will be a little bit controversial, but I just think in general the the overemphasis on Stanley Cups and a player's legacy is really frustrating to me. Like, I would not rather have prime Jonathan Taves on my team than prime Jerome Ginla. Sorry. So maybe maybe there are people out there that think I'm crazy. I think they're crazy, you know? Just mm-hmm. because just because circumstances happened to work so that Jerome Ginla didn't win any cups and Jonathan Taves won three. Here's the thing. If Jerome Ginla had had prime Patrick Kane on the Flames and they'd been aligned together, bet they would have won cups. You know, like it's not it's it's a it's a team sport and i know the greats are supposed to find a way but you can't will 22 other guys over the finish line all by your all by your lonesome Sidney mm-hmm. crosby can't do that he's never been on a bad team he's always had two or three other superstars on his team you know alex ovechkin had a loaded lineup jonathan taves had patrick kane and and Keith and Seabrook, and they always had good supporting players, too. So it's like, it's just nonsense to me to be like, well, the Stanley Cup really is the most important thing in a player's legacy when it's like, okay, but they also won, you know, an Art Ross trophy or a Hart trophy. And like, I don't know. It's just a whole frustrating debate that I obviously am very passionate and bloviate about quite a bit. <laughs> I like that term. Uh, no, I mean, I agree. Like, it does seem like they emphasize. Stanley Cups, especially when it comes to Hall of Fame, you know, taking someone into the Hall of Fame, and it always seems sort of like if you have this two of the same player, more or less, and you had a guy that had actually performed a little bit better than the other guy, but the guy that performed a little worse actually was a Stanley Cup, they're like, well, I guess it's this guy. And it's like, really? I mean, put them both in. Don't put either of them in. But if that's going to be your deciding factor, one over the other, it just seems, yeah, like, you know, there's a lot of guys that are on the Cup. That would be my, my pat on the back to someone who's never won a Cup. I'm like, you know, man, like, there's not ton, you know. There's less people on the cup than there aren't, but at the same time, there's plenty of people on the cup that like barely played on that team. You know what yeah. I mean? On teams that it's like, it's it's not it's a big deal, but it's also like there's just some dudes on there. I mean, there's people's dogs on there actually, but yeah. Yeah, and I don't I care. Like, like it's I if if it's between two very similar players. Sure, then great. That should be. You know, that's that's fine. I don't mm-hmm. care. But if it's between, and I'll just choose two of our own so that there's no hurt feelings. If it's between, like, Pierre Turgeon and Braden Shin, and you're comparing, comparing the legacy of two players, and you're like, yeah, but Braden Shin did win a cup in 2019, it's like, come on, guys. Come on. It's not. Braden Shin's a, a very fine player, and Pierre Turgeon should be in the Hall of Fame, and isn't because he didn't win a cup. You know, and it's it's just that stuff really bothers me. I was like, speaking of Braden Shen, so yes. a lot of people a know very all. calculated transition, obviously. Mm-hmm. By the way, <laughs> uh, Eric Johnson. Without Eric Johnson, we don't have Braden Shen. So I made a little trade tree. We can go through it relatively quickly because I think a lot of people, a lot of people listening to this, know about these trades, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, so if you have Jonathan Taves. You don't have Eric Johnson, and you don't have these trades. So on February 19th in 2011, 
St. Louis trades Eric Johnson, Jameth Clement, and a conditional first-round pick to Colorado for Chris Stewart, Kevin Shattenkirk, and a conditional second-round pick. And Colorado selected defenseman Duncan Siemens, 11th overall with that pick. It's a funny name. Yeah, it's like, no no reason to laugh. St. Louis, well, here's an even more reason to laugh after <laughs> St. Louis. St. Louis selected for Ty Ratty with their pick they received from Colorado. I got to say, though, I think Ty Ratty's actually been the better NHL player than Duncan Siemens. That's how little of an impact Duncan Siemens ever had. Duncan on Duncan Siemens. That's right. All day. Chris Stewart with the Blues, 63 goals, 52 assists for 115 points in 211 games played. Kevin Shatner. Snuck onto the ass end of my team of the decade. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Kevin Shattenkirk, 59 goals, 199 assists, 258 points in 425 games played with the Blues. And then Ty Ratty, 8 points in 30 games played across four years of the Blues. He went on waivers and then I think was picked up by Carolina at the time and then moved around. And we all remember his... Carolina his, then came back here, then went to Edmonton, right? His tiny resurgence in Edmonton, yes. And now I believe I looked it up and he's in the KHL, I believe. Mm. So then uh, from there, we have Chris Stewart, we have Kevin Shattenkirk. And February 28, 2014, St. Louis trades Yaroslav Halak, Chris Stewart, William Carrier, and a first-round pick in 2015, and a conditional third-round pick in 2016 to Buffalo for Ryan Miller and Steve Ott. Buffalo goes on to use that first-round pick from St. Louis in a trade with Winnipeg. I believe that's the Bogosian and Kane for Myers and a, a handful mm-hmm. of other people yes. trade. And then... I think Buff or they take Jack Roslovic with that first round pick, or Winnipeg does, and then Buffalo I think trades their third round pick to in twenty sixteen to Florida, and they take Linus Nassim, who I've never heard of before. So no no harm no foul there. But with the Blues, Ryan Miller has ten wins, eight losses, one overtime loss, and nineteen games played. He has a save percentage and 2.47 goals against average and then more importantly in the playoffs because that's what we got him for uh, he went 2-4 and and 6 games played he had a .897 save percentage and 2.7 goals against average not great as we all remember and then Steve Ott who turned out to be the bigger gift of those two uh, 3 goals, 14 assists, 17 points in 122 games played not great on the stat sheet but again without that trade is Steve Ott even a coach on this team? Yeah, that's a good question. Probably not. Almost certainly not. No. Yeah, no way. It's not even probably not. No. Is there a chance? And do you know and Steve, do you know who stepped in between uh, Zach Sanford and Robert Bortuzzo when oh. they fought each other? Was it Steve Ott? It was Steve Ott. He saved Zach Sanford's life. <laughs> yeah. Well who knows? Zach Sanford might not have scored that fourth goal. That's right. In, uh, in game seven because he would have been dead. That's true. Because Robert Tuzzo would have eaten his face. <laughs> because he's a cannibal. And not yeah. a fine young cannibal either. Just an old, <laughs> gross cannibal. <laughs> not, one, not one of the fine young ones. That's right. They were, they were good with music. Um, it was probably all the people eating. <laughs> February 27th, 2017, here's the other side of the Eric Johnson trade with Kevin Shattenkirk. St. Louis trade is Kevin Shattenkirk and Phoenix Copley to Washington. Phoenix Copley, a goalie they had gotten from Washington in the TJ Oshie trade, they are now sending him back to Washington. Uh, for Zach Sanford, Brad Malone, and a first-round pick in 2017, and a conditional second-round pick in 2019. St. Louis trades that first-round pick in 2017, along with Yori Laterra, and a conditional second-round pick in 2018 in the 2017 draft for Braden Shen. 
Philadelphia picks Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee with those two picks respectively. And then I tried to look up this conditional second round pick in 2019 for St. Louis that they got out of the uh, Shattenkirk trade and I couldn't find it. So I don't think the condition was ever fulfilled. Yeah. But I don't know what the condition would have been. Was it signed Brad Malone? Uh, probably. And then we were like, no, thank you. <laughs> Wait, no. A conditional second to Washington went back to Washington. When we traded up to get the pick that became, I think, Tage Thompson, we traded that pick back to them. I'm pretty oh, okay. sure. I, I believe it. Say, I know we traded some pick back. I know we traded both Copley and some pick of theirs back to them. So I can only assume it's it's this one. I tried to scrub through the uh, the history real quick and I couldn't find it. So yeah, I'm assuming it just went back to them. Is that because you don't want no scrubs? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. They're not the kind that can get love from here. <laughs> Moving on. Uh with the Blues, Zach Sanford's Villano, 26 goals, 29 assists, 55 points, and 131 games played. Actually, not too bad for, I mean, he was having a much better season this year than in the past, so I was I was a little surprised that his production was actually as high as it was. There is no part of me that believes he's already played 131 games for this team either. Oh, I know. He's the, um, he the Oscar Sundquist thing where I look at Oscar Sundquist games played here, and I'm like, that's a lot. And then I forget that he was here for a whole season and no one remembered he was on the team. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't Oscar Sundquist of today, so I can see why. Uh, Brad Malone never played for St. Louis. I couldn't find him playing a single game for the Blues. And then Braden Shad, 70 goals, 112 assists, 182 points, and 225 games played. Long story short, you would you rather have Taves or Shannon or Shannon Sanford? Um, and really, it's kind of your point where you're talking about like if you take Taves first overall, that's not like that's not an outstanding first overall pick, and that's nothing against him. It's just like a, a weak draft class then mm-hmm. when compared to other first overalls. You have um, was it Sidney Crosby? You have Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby. Then you would have Eric Johnson, or in this case, Jonathan Taves, and then you have. Patrick Kane, you have, um, who am I forgetting here down in Tampa? Steven Stamkos. Steven Stamkos, John Tavares. Like, yeah, it's like Jonathan Taves is not up to those guys' standards. Yeah, and then if, if you, you tell me you'd rather have Jonathan Taves than any of those players Ian just named, you're absolutely insane. You're absolutely yeah, insane. Yeah, I'm like, no. And They're all better. And that's the thing. He doesn't come with the three cups. It's the... Drafting is not the same as just getting their career, you know. Like he's got to build that up here too, and that's the thing is I always wonder that too. Like again, to a point, it's like if you go through this, you can do so many what ifs. Like yeah. if well, they like every... if the Blues pick Taves over Johnson, you live in a drastically different reality, which is true for anything. But like Stewart and Shattenkirk trade never happens. Thus Miller never happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long do the Blues have Halak for? Now, does Brian Elliott stick around longer now that he doesn't feel as shafted by the franchise due to Miller, due to that Miller trade at the time? Does Bennington ever get a shot then because is Elliott around just longer? Uh, no Miller trade means no Ott. And we said, again, is he even a coach then for the Blues? Uh, now that you have Taves, do you even go after Paul Stasny anymore? Do you go after Laterra at all? No Laterra means no Braden Shen. It means no Zach Sanford. Like, and again, you're not even making these, you're not even trying to trade for these people because that what you did whatever 14 years ago 
makes this all completely null and void, you know? You're not getting up to the point of being like, do we need Braden Shen, you know? I, I guess not, because we have Jonathan Taves. It's like, no, because you traded Jonathan Taves and you've got, um, you've got, I'm trying to pick a random human, but you got Jamie Benton, because remember how you needed to get rid of Taves because he was a locker room cancer, and now you need a Jamie Benton? Yep. And it's like, you made that trade, and of course you had to get rid of Yaroslav Halak, so you had to bring in, um, you had to bring in, Shit, uh, Jonathan Quick, you know, because he because he was in the outs in LA now, you know, just like this weird stuff where it's like all everything changes. Yeah, yeah, and it's I just yeah, I hate it so much. Like I'll just take another example. Like Sammy Blay was a sixth round pick back in what 2015, 2014, whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably at this point is in a is a top thirty player from that draft, right? He's probably mm-hmm. you probably cannot find thirty team thirty players better than Sammy Blay from that draft, and at the very least, let's say he's top forty five, right? Mm-hmm. Th- that doesn't mean that whoever picked a a bust at the tail end of the first round should have just picked Sammy Blay instead, you know, because they would have been insane at the time to pick the scrawny kid from the QMJHL that nobody had ever heard of that just happened to add like five or six inches and 40 pounds to his frame, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's just, it's, you can, you can do this forever. Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly was a second round pick. I assume he's a top 10 player from that draft year pretty easily, but that doesn't mean that he should have been taken eighth overall because that's not how drafts work. And that's not how development works. And that's not how scouting works. It's just, I don't, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I guess the long and short of this is I just don't like the repicking the draft sort of articles and that sort of stuff, just cause it's like, yeah, but that's not, that's, you can't happen. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting for, you know, a historical perspective. Like, huh, I wonder what the world would have been like if, you know, the, the I don't know, Jets had passed on Patrick Wine and taken whoever, uh, Sergachev or whoever might have been fourth, you know, that year, mm-hmm. whatever the case is. But, like, but they didn't. So it doesn't matter. And also, if they'd have been stupid too at the time. Because it was the the discussion was Matthews or Line A, not Line A or Sergachev or who you know I'm I'm not even sure Sergachev was that year he probably wasn't I'm just picking a name, um, it's just yeah it's just it happens to be an interesting debate I guess because Eric Johnson and and Jonathan Taves are are back to back and on paper they had such different careers and they played for arch rivals you know so mm-hmm. I, I get why it's a, a compelling question and I get and it's obviously easier easy to say yes the Blues obviously should have drafted Jonathan Taves but you don't just get his career you don't get his accolades you have to develop him now and you have to find his line mates and like you said you have to sign his contracts and you have to not trade him and you have to make sure to utilize his talents and you just don't know you don't know how any of that happens if it's here and not there and he doesn't you know we don't get the first overall pick the next year so we don't get uh patrick kane and do we maybe get the first overall pick if eric johnson hadn't had a decent rookie season and scored 30 points sure who knows i don't know but you just don't know that's the point you really don't know and and so who knows (laughs) you know what you're trying to tell me is you just hate fun. Yeah, basically. I'm really against it in general. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's why I, I hate this. 
<laughs> that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, I just I it's it's a fun debate to have, but at the end of the day, if anybody is like really passionately like, oh, we you know we fucked over our whole franchise by taking Eric Johnson over Jonathan Taves. We delayed our cup success by a decade because of that. It's like, no, nah, guys, we didn't. Because who knows, you know. Mm-hmm. Just we have no idea. I'm almost certain we don't just win a cup. And when was the Blackhawks' first one? 2010. Yeah. I I don't think we just win the cup because if we take Jonathan Taves, I don't think we just get a cup win in 2010. You know. I don't think there's enough of a change in those years either. I think you literally just take Eric Johnson out and put Jonathan Taves in, and you probably have almost the same team, quite honestly, just because it's not that much. I mean, things can change in three years, but I'm just assuming, generally speaking, they'd kind of be the same-ish. And it's like, does really adding Jonathan Taves to that team, like, do anything really? You know what I mean? Like, it's just not enough. And don't forget that while the while the Blackhawks had, you know. Well, for for one thing, they got K next year, which is really the player we should be talking about. But, um, but you know, the Blackhawks got Kane, but they also had the cash and the cachet to lure players there and build a fuller team. And the Blues were just at the very start of a really long and arduous rebuild. They weren't just going to magically turn it around, whether it was Jonathan Taves or whoever it was, even if it was Sidney Crosby, it wouldn't have been that quick, you know? So it's just, it's just kind of a, you know, it's a moot point. It's like a cow's opinion. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe I am being a spoil sport and I'm sorry if I am. It's just kind of, you know. No, I think it's just a natural um, rebuttal sometimes to like, because some people really are really are uh, strong on that point where it's like, man, you know, we really should have got John Taves. It was so dumb to take Eric Johnson. Like, they're just very upset about it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, it's interesting to look at. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Like you were saying, like, what would it be like if we had Taves? But when people are, like, angry that, like, this even happened, I'm like, I think you got to cool the Jets, man. Uh, so I am just super creeped out at the moment because I just looked down at the desk in front of me, and mm-hmm. there are four sports cards on the table right here in front of me sports cards two of them are mariano rivera and tom glavin and the other two i swear to god are eric johnson and jonathan (laughs) that's not planned in any way they've probably been there for weeks uh but those just happen to be the two that are in front of me and i've just noticed noticing it uh, so yeah, you enjoyed our Halloween podcast. That's right. <laughs> uh, and Eric Johnson is just a base Eric Johnson card from Upper Deck 2017-18, and Jonathan Taves is from the Energy uh, uh, Insert set from this year because he's pure energy and he makes his team better. Eric Johnson doesn't get on insert sets because he's boring and lame, but Jonathan Taves is pure energy, so that really de- that really settles the debate. Have you ever, um, have you ever seen a Jonathan Taves interview? Do you ever think of pure energy when you see him speak? Yeah, no, I sure don't, but apparently Upper Deck does, so, you know, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a fun debate for the purposes of having debates, um, but uh, I just don't, I don't, I guess I don't spend a lot of time with the what ifs. And part of the reason I don't anymore is because we don't want the cup, baby. We ain't got any what ifs left, you know? I was going to say, yeah, this used to be a much, um, much more salty point when we didn't have a cup. 
Yeah, exactly. And you could do it forever. You could do it with every draft pick we ever made. You can talk about how we picked um, uh, Robbie Favre like two picks before David Pasternak. You know, that sucks too. And that's not a shot on Robbie Favre. And there's no guaranteeing David Pasternak doesn't tear his ACL twice and is never the same player. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I sure would rather have David Pasternak right now. Uh, and And... That's just how it is, you know? That's just how drafting works. You can make... Robbie Favre was a really great pick at that point in the draft, and he's probably, especially if he'd stayed healthy, the best late-round pick in that draft that isn't David Pasternak, but he's not David Pasternak, you know? And, mm-hmm. and you can go all day with stuff like that. And I just don't know... Uh, I don't know, you know, there's, it's fun to a point, and then to a certain point beyond that... Uh, you're just kind of going crazy, I think. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So we've spoken for almost an hour and a half on a week where we didn't have hockey news. I have other things we could talk about, but I feel like I want to save those in case we don't have any hockey news next week. Oh, we um, got to save them. We got to yeah. stretch the content. We just, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe there will be a Petrangelo extension. There won't be a Petrangelo there extension. There won't be. But uh, maybe, you know, maybe we'll get more solid news on the return of hockey or the ridiculous NHL draft. But uh, I think I think an hour and a half is, is pretty good. Plus my computer that we're recording the podcast on is um, slowly going to die. So uh, it's probably Aren't a good all? sign. That's <laughs> true. What a what a lovely end to the podcast. Uh, but no, I folks, if you would like us to debate other draft picks from other eras in history, don't ask us to do that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Seriously, this is a great time. If you have any any content at all you'd like us to discuss, to uh, discuss, for you've listened to this podcast long enough. If you have listened to it long enough, you know our hobbies. They're myriad and strange, but. Um, you know, if you if there's topics, even if they're not our hobbies, you know, if you want us to talk about a, a basket weaving competition, just send us the footage and we'll break it down. But Korean um, baseball's back. Yeah, is it really? I think so. Yeah. The Bundesliga is starting on a, on um, May 9th, which uh, you know, very exciting. So sports are slowly making a comeback, folks. We're we're on the downside of the of the worst of this thing. I hope and think. Uh, so, you know, it, who knows? Hockey could be back before we know it. Uh, and, you know, sorry to the Detroit Red Wings that you suck so bad. Mm-hmm. Anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, just just uh, stay stay dry. It's so wet outside, that's, so moist. That's right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, don't be moist. Be barren? No, that's not <laughs> Don't be barren either. I don't know what a good synonym for dry is so stay dry folks and stay happy see ya
Thank you.